Hey guys, welcome to the show that gives you the tools you need to break through into all you were created to be, to live your life full of hope and purpose. I'm Pam Ramey and Jesus Girls, let's find our role. Hey, 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 welcome Jesus Girls. It is so great to have you back with us for today's show. And what a show it is. And I'm glad that you are not missing this one because I guarantee you are going to be encouraged and equipped to live your life overflowing with destiny and purpose in your spirit, in your mind, and in your body, because God wants you to thrive in all three areas of your life. Today, you are going to hear a powerful story of someone who survived a car accident and was literally put into a coma. She went into a coma for over a couple of months, and you're just going to be blown away at how God was with her and with her family every single step of the way. But before we get there, at the end of today's show, I just want to let you know that we are going to take you through a life-changing declaration, and I'm going to share two quick stretches that will relieve pain from your upper back, and also encourage you to sit and stand with really good posture. So stay tuned for that. You know, it is such an honor for me to welcome today's guest on the show. She is part of our worship team. She's a, frankly, a ray of sunshine. She is that, she's that girl that when she walks into the room, the atmosphere shifts. And Sherry, I am so glad that you are here with us today. Sherry South, welcome to Jesus Girl Roar. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm so happy you're here and I don't know if you know this but you are wearing my very favorite color I did not know well you now you now I do you do purple is the one purple is she looks so pretty she's got like this really (laughs) cute purple top on and a really nice scarf that is just my size actually (laughs) Well, maybe I'll just wear it during the show, okay, and then I'll give it back to you, but thank you so much. But Sherry, I remember like two years ago hearing your testimony at Abiding Church, our women's breakthrough ministry, and it blew me away. And I was wondering if you could take us back and share with our Jesus girls the testimony of when you were a small young girl at the age of 11 of uh, what you went through. Absolutely. Um, I was 11 years old, just like you said. Mm -hmm. We were um, driving home from dinner after uh, service, I think that morning. It was in the evening, but um, we pulled over for a flat tire and a car... um, you know, would hit us. We it was going over 80 miles an hour. Oh my. Um, we were on the side of the road in West Virginia. There's many hills and drop offs. Mm-hmm. So we, um, pulled over. And, um, as we were there waiting to get a tire fix, mm-hmm. someone came and ran, hit us and, um, ran over me. Um, and I was completely, you know, basically going to be, pronounced dead when I got to the hospital is what the EMT 
basically was telling my mother. Sherry, who all was in the car on that day? My mother stayed in the car. Mm-hmm. My I was outside the car, and mm-hmm. my dad was outside the car. So it was the three of you yes. that were involved. So this car going 80 miles an hour literally... Or more. Or more literally ran over you. Yes, me. Yes. Oh, my goodness. A little, little girl of 11 years old. That must have been... Well, I can't even imagine. I can't even mm-hmm. imagine. So you get to the hospital, mm-hmm. and what are your parents told at this point? Um, to call the family they did not expect me to live through the night Hmm. did you were you instantly i know that you were in a coma yes um i was unconscious immediately Mm -hmm. um the last thing that i can remember is being um telling my dad i saw the car coming Mm -hmm. so he walked away from the drop off but um when i was in the ambulance um and then taken to the hospital they just told my parents to prepare for you know, a funeral. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, that just here, as I'm sitting here looking at your beautiful self, we know that, uh, our words are not the final words, don't we? God's God has the final word. That's exactly right. God has the final words. So tell us a little bit about that experience, Sherry. So your parents are told that night, to start making plans, let yes. the family know. Yes. And obviously we wake up the next morning and here you are, but you're still in a coma. Yes. Um, my mother prayed as I, cause she saw that I was dying when mm-hmm. I was hit and she prayed over me um, immediately and prayed life into me mm-hmm. when I was on this, on the side of the road. And she continued to speak words of faith mm-hmm. um, over me as the doctors continued to give negative reports. So I did live through the night. Mm-hmm. Um, the church was already praying. People were already praying. The prayer team, you know, around the world, everyone that they knew were praying. I'm just going to interject real quick because you've shared this part of the story with me. Can you tell our listeners, Sherry, uh, that, was a, that was a very miraculous intervention, just your church starting to pray for you. Tell us that story. Yes. Um, Prior to them even being told Mm -hmm. about us having an accident, Mm -hmm. there were ladies of the church that were really felt led to pray for the pastor's family. They did not know why. They just Mm -hmm. knew. And a group, you know, had already started getting together to pray for us before we even had told them what had happened. So your family really started seeing signs and wonders, yes. the miraculous, yes. before you really even got into that car. Yes. God is so good. He is yes. so good. I've, you know, as you were a young girl laying in this hospital, first of all, I want to say how wonderful that your mom yes. would not speak negative words over you. She, so it sounds to me like she was not willing to receive a negative report from the doctors when it came to her little girl. That's right. She was a woman of faith, and, mm-hmm. and my dad's back was broken. He would have been, in, a, in faith, he was standing with her, but at the mm-hmm. time he was you know, also being prayed for and healed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, she was a woman of faith, and she was not going to back down. She was going to continue, and thank God she did. Wow. She she insisted when the doctors would say negative things that they would not say it in my room. She insisted that the negative wow. reports would only be How wonderful. you know given to her and 
she would continually come back with, but God, but God, but God. <laughs> but God said, but God said, but God said. He is our healer. First Peter 2.24 says what we were healed. We were already healed and then she could by his stripes. She continued to speak it regardless of what it looked like. Wow. I, that is so powerful because isn't it easy, Sherry, to just kind of give in to our circumstances and just kind of start talking about our problems, start talking about our circumstances. And Especially really, as women, it is very easy to do that. And it's easy, and we don't realize that we're really so, confessing so that, right? Exactly, exactly. So here you are. Let's let's go back to the hospital yes. room. You're 11 years old. You're laying in this hospital bed, and you're in a coma. So what was that? Can you remember being in that coma? Can you remember, for instance, I've heard of, of stories of people being translated to heaven or they're in heaven or they're seeing angels. Did you have any of those experiences? Yes, you do. Tell us about them. I, um, I did according to what I am told, see a Mm -hmm. lot of heaven, but I don't remember what I saw. I wish I could. I will write a book when I see that too. But, um, I can remember in my spirit when things happen, um, I bear witness with, with things that I hear about that. But I remember mm. seeing angels in my room, which is, you know, the prayer my mom prayed was angels would surround and minister life into me. Well, there was a particular song playing in my room, hospital mm-hmm. room. And I remember my room and what it looked like because mm-hmm. I know where my angels were positioned. Really? And they're not wing angels and they're not sissy. They are mighty forces of life that were surrounding me <laughs> that are undescribable. My mother always says you cannot put heavenly language in earthly words and you can't. So when That's I try to word. express it, when I try to express it, I, you know, you have to really understand, I guess, with your spirit, because I cannot explain in my words exactly what mm-hmm. they look like, but it were forces of life and light that were ministering mm. unto me, the mm. presence of heaven. So um, she knew that was confirmation. Yeah, of course, she already knew that I was going to be okay, but what a sign in ministry it was to her to hear the angels were surrounding wow. me, just what she prayed. That is so powerful, and it reminds me of Psalm 91, where it says that God will will literally dispatch our angels yes. to us to minister to us yes. and pick us up and carry us lest we should even like stub our toe, Star. dash mm-hmm. our foot against mm-hmm. a stone. And do you remember how many angels were in your room? You remembered where they were positioned. I do not know how many. I just know they were all around my room. I remember where my locker room, my lockers were, the bed, the window, everything. It was every. I do not know how many there were, but I, they were all around my room. And they're with me now. They don't leave. They don't leave. And you were saying something to me, Sherry, about the bowls of heaven. Oh, yes. It was uh, a man uh, wrote a song, David Ream, I believe is his name, who um, wrote a song. It's like he was in my room when he wrote the song. It felt mm, so much mm. like the song was written while I was in that room. But it talks about the bowls of heaven. The angels are just ministering from the bowls of heaven and just pouring it out into you. <laughs> like whatever you need, whatever whatever the ministry needed was at the time, mm-hmm. they were just pouring it out from heaven. And they what were saying, please pour more, please pour more. Mm-hmm. And they were just pouring it in and pouring it in. And I believe it also has to go, go along, goes along with the prayer. Yes. You know, as we pray, 
Mm -hmm. Heaven is released on our behalf. Heaven is released. That is a very beautiful picture of angels pouring those bowls of heaven of what we need, whether it's healing or as we receive it, as we receive You're right. We have to receive that. We have to receive that. You know, Sherry, I'm thinking back about the moment of the accident and you being mowed over (laughs) at 80 plus miles per hour. Did you ever meet the driver? Did you ever find anything out about the driver who hit you? Yes, um, thank God. Mm-hmm. For for I was eleven years old, so probably most of the several years I didn't really think much mm-hmm. about meeting her. But I knew who she was because she was like the womp, uh, famous radio stations, but you know DJ. So people knew her, knew who oh, she was. Okay. But I did not keep up with her, and mm-hmm. she of course wasn't there anymore when I got to the point where I really wanted to meet her because there came a time in my life where I was like, I really want to be right with God. And my, I mean, I was a, I was grew, grew up in a pastor's home and a, I was a Christian and, but I, I just really wanted to get uh, to a closer walk. Um, and so I was praying for the, um, my heart to be clean and pure and I had a desire to meet her. And so I prayed, um, and ended up moving back to the state where the accident happened and where she still lived. Were and you were you bitter toward her? Is that I, why you I did to not know if I was bitter. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know if I could meet her and truly forgive her. I wanted to know for myself that I did forgive her. Mm-hmm. This is, I thought this was all for me because I wanted, I mean, I'm just being honest. I, I thought for me, I needed yeah. it. Um, lo and behold, it was, wasn't just for me at all. But I moved back to the area and... I prayed, mm-hmm. and I write, I write down prayers a lot, which is um, just something that I do. And I began to um, pray how I could even, you know, meet her. Mm-hmm. And I received a telephone number. I did not know where she worked. I did not mm-hmm. know where she lived. I did not mm-hmm. know anything. I called the telephone number, and it was hers, where she worked. And I asked for her by name. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, hold on just a moment. Oh, my goodness. And they got her on the phone. And she happened to be a reporter for a newspaper, which she loved this kind of stuff. Because when mm-hmm. I called, I didn't tell mm-hmm. her my name. I didn't mm-hmm. tell her why I wanted to meet her. But wow. she was so into this. She was like, yes, I will meet you. Wow. Because she was a reporter at that time. And she loved it. So we scheduled a thing. And, we, and I finally did get to meet her. You did get to meet her. So when you were scheduling this appointment to get to meet the woman who mowed you down, I'm sure there was a a lot going on in your spirit, in your mind, because you probably wanted to tell her, and we, I want to go, kind of go back to this right now, Sherry. What were some of the things you had to endure as you recovered from this accident? And then we're going to fast forward and talk about this conversation that you had with the woman. Well, immediately, um, you miraculously, I was out of the hospital by November, um, and so you were in the hospital from August, August through November. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I got back home, I, I remember going back to school, the sixth grade, which I wasn't supposed to ever, ever go to school mm. period and have a, a, ever be able to, you know, but I was able to actually get through that year without having to be held back. My goodness. That is a miracle. Miracle number two. But the things that you experience when you're that age and you have kids looking at you in my face, you know, you could still tell there were scars and my face was red and, you know, well, and, didn't and people they, knew I wasn't there. So they would, you know, look at me and 
Well, and Sherry, didn't they tell you at one point in the hospital that you were going to have to have half of your face rebuilt? Well, yeah, they thought I'd have to have plastic surgery all on my whole face. Because your your face was down on the pavement, correctly? Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. And did you say you you were drug? Drug, Right. Well, underneath the, on the, I guess it was asphalt at the time. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. what kind of, Mm -hmm. could have been concrete on the So you were, you were drug on the asphalt and face down. Mm -hmm. So you were told that you needed to have reconstructive surgery on your face. So Correct. How how did how did that shake down for you? Well, they ended up um, having because you could see my teeth. You, they ended up putting a graph of skin over top of my underneath my nose. So you lost the your upper lip, right? So they they did do that, mm-hmm. but nothing else mm-hmm. was done as far as plastic yeah. surgery, other than you know in the beginning that over my. Um, lip they Mm -hmm. did that little graph but other than that no plastic surgery was done what a miracle and jesus girls i'm just sitting here looking at this beautiful beautiful woman it is a miracle though i mean when you were told that you had to have half of your face rebuilt and i'm looking at you going wow God is so incredible because you're so beautiful. Thank and you. and when you think that you were told you had to have complete reconstructive surgery and really they took a you just had to have a one mm-hmm. graft of skin to uh to cover up where your teeth are over mm-hmm. your upper lip. That is a miracle. Yes. yes. And the the miracle <clears throat> also it was the presence of God that was there. Yes. Not only with with my parents, mm-hmm. you know, and my brother. I mean, he, he was at home with the, when the accident happened, but mm-hmm. the, you know, the presence of God sustained them through that mm-hmm. and, and and ministered to them just as it was ministering to me. So um, I was being healed physically. Mm-hmm. He, he was ministering to me in my spirit, even though I was in a coma. Yes, and I my parents wouldn't let. Excuse me. Anything be said that was negative mm-hmm. from any doctor, from any person, from anybody. That is such and a powerful only word. Would be played in my room all the time. Wow. So I was continually being ministered to the presence of God. Period. So Jesus, girls, if you have a child that you're praying for that is ill, or you have had something traumatic. I would, Sherry, that's what you would be speaking to that parent, right? Absolutely. Pray worship music in the room. Do not allow negative words to be spoken over over your child. And if they're unconscious, speak to them the word. Speak to them positive. They do hear you. They do hear you. Even if they don't remember what you said, Mm -hmm. they hear you. They hear you. And their spirit, they will remember. Their spirit, yeah, that's right, because your spirit, man. That's right, more alive than anything. Is more alive than anything. So you went through quite a recovery process of months in the hospital for a couple of months. Um, You, uh, how would you, long would you say your healing took? Well, excuse me, I believe... As far as completely, like I walked out of the hospital. I walked. I mean, they didn't, they didn't think I would ever do that. But my goodness, I, I um, Jesus, Jesus is so good. I believe I was. You know, I don't have any memory of not. I would go to the neurologist. I remember mm-hmm. this going to the neurologist uh, as a follow up after the accident, mm-hmm. being released, and you know when they do the things on your knees when yep. they make mm-hmm. you go. Um, Checking, Checking your reflexes, reflexes uh-huh. that's the word I'm trying to think of. 
he didn't expect me to have what I had. Right. And I hit him in the face with my foot <laughs> because he wasn't expecting. It's like, this girl's got some reflexes. Yeah, because I'm, yeah. I'm in the hospital. I'm sure I didn't have what he, you know, and he expected me to have the same thing, you know. Right, but, right. But when I hit him in the face, he learned different. So. <laughs> And I, it was kind and of. Were funny. you kind of proud of yourself? I was. I was so proud. Like, come on! I, I mean, I'll never forget this doctor. He'll never forget me. He'll sure. never. He, you know, he. It's a good story. It's a good story. Um, he probably still telling that story of the little eleven-year-old girl who kicked him in the face. <laughs> he probably is. So, let's go back now. I love you. Get a hold of this. The girl who was driving the car when you were hit and your family, your father was hit. She's a reporter. Mm-hmm. She's like, wow, yes. this is some juicy scoop right now. Right. Not knowing who I was, not knowing who you were. So, uh, I'm feeling like a little bit of, you know, excitement in this story right now. So I want to know how you told her okay. <laughs> the morning I had, um, scheduled to meet her. I, began to pray and wrote, wrote my prayer down, prayer down. And as I began to pray, I just began to listen to God and mm-hmm. pray and just pray in the spirit. And I felt um, the prayer become different because I always uh, thought it was me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to know if I can forgive her, if I can do this. And right. I, But then I began praying, I want you to give her a new reason to live. Oh, wow. I pray that she finds new life. <laughs> I pray that if she's had any guilt, that she would find relief in Jesus name and that she would be, um, have no shame. These are, and I began more to pray for her. Wow. Than for me. It's very beautiful. And we went to meet her that day. Um, my friend and I, and it was just beautiful. I'm telling <laughs> you, um, she sat across from me in a in a big breeze. Did she type. know yet? She did not know. She, she did, still not, did know. not know. She still didn't know. Okay. And she had not seen me, to my knowledge, ever mm-hmm. since the accident. So I told her my name. Mm-hmm. She looked at me several minutes, and she just kept touching my hair and my face, Aww. and just bawling. Aww. Not not um. I'm not understanding exactly what's happening, but I'm feeling the presence of God this mm-hmm. whole time because not even understanding what's happening, I, I know that God is doing something. The first words she comes back with to me, me not knowing, she says to me, I was going to commit suicide on Sunday and now I have a new reason <gasps> to live. <laughs> oh. And those are the exact words that I had prayed that morning. I did not know. Wow. She was president of her AA club. Wow. Every week she went to these these um, meetings. She had never drunk again. She had never done drugs again. Never. never. And she was still going to commit suicide because she did not know forgiveness for herself or from for God. For herself. It was beautiful. That is so beautiful. And, and you know, such a poignant way to bring home the truth yes. that forgiveness is a gift we give to ourselves. Yes. Right? Right. She, she needed that know. forgiveness. To get herself free. Yes. To be able to forgive herself. Yes. What a story. So the second you told her your name, yes. she knew who you were. Yes. She had been carrying your name with yes. her. But she didn't know yes. if she could get to you. And after I met her, she carried the name of God with her. 
<laughs> she carried Jesus with her. Did you lead her to Jesus that yeah. day? Well, that day I <laughs> spoke to her about Jesus and his power, and I mm-hmm. asked her to come to church. Mm-hmm. So the first Sunday after I met her, um, the pastor introduced her as my new friend. <laughs> so it was beautiful. That's and ever so since, then, since yeah. that time on, she had... Um, accepted God. She had ministered to people in her community. She had, um, and I say had because she's now with, with God after 27 years, she mm-hmm. passed away. But everyone that knew her mm-hmm. just went on and on about how that she ministered to them. What a difference she made in their life. I love so much how Jesus redeems our stories. Yes. He just keeps redeeming our stories. And I love how his timing is so perfect because Sherry, God knew that you had to meet her exactly on that day. Right. And he sent you as an ambassador of life. As your mom was speaking life over you, that morning you were speaking life over the woman (laughs) who mowed you down. And God knew he was sending you to her to save her life. That is so beautiful. And I did not know. I thought it was about me in the beginning. Mm. I thought it was about me. And it's, it was multiplied. It was multiplied. Wow. And, you know, I just think about all of kind of the moving parts of your story about how your parents refused to allow negative things to be spoken over you. Yes. You were not allowed to hear any negative diagnosis. And that's an important word for us right sherry yes even now i mean everything is that important how important is that for us to absolutely in that moment we're given a bad diagnosis Mm -hmm. we're given a bad word we're (laughs) given a curse like do we have to we need to deal with it right in that moment don't we your parents your mom was dealing with that in the moment yeah um i believe that if we um every day we're every one of us faces something Mm -hmm. there's something we face there's some circumstance that we are all in there's some diagnosis we've all been given and we choose are we going to look at that are we going to look at the truth and the truth trumps fact every time wow that's a good word that's a good word you know we're going to go into a declaration right now over what we've been talking about sherry and Could you please lead us through this declaration? Because, girls, this is a declaration of life. And as Sherry's mom, and I just feel the Holy Spirit all over this word right now, that as your mom was declaring Mm -hmm. life, giving words over you from the second this accident took place, in the ambulance, she was guarding you like a hawk, (laughs) making sure that you were not hearing the wrong thing. Yes. So how important is it to us, Sherry, what we're putting in our head? We have to guard our minds. We We have have to to guard our hearts. Mm -hmm. We have to guard what we put in because if we continue to just focus on the negative and talk about the negative, that's what we're going to manifest. That's what we're going to manifest. That's going to be our harvest then. We need to focus on what God says about the circumstance. Otherwise, the circumstance will define us and not God. Boy, that's so good. And, you you know, you think about how different your life would be right now if it, you were even here, yeah. if your mom were oh, not so guarded. Right. And then your dad, once he was healed, was not, they were so guarded right. 
on what went into your mind. That's a, that's a, such an important thing. That's such an important thing. It's faith. It's faith. faith. Without faith, you can't do anything. You can't do anything that pleases God without it. Yeah. And it's, it's not a feeling. Faith is not a feeling. Mm -mm. Faith is a choice. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. And we have to choose every day, every time faith. We really do. I mean, faith is, is, is a muscle. That's it's like right. a muscle. We we've got it. it. We've got to exercise it for it to get stronger. Right. Yeah. And our muscle, when we work it out, sometimes it's sore. Yes, it is. We, while we do, we still work it out. We still work and it out. And it gets bigger. It mm-hmm. gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. And it's effective. It's effective and it helps us. And it helps others. And it helps others. Yeah. What a good word. What a good word. Your whole story, God didn't waste, I mean, one little piece of your story Sherry, there, all I see in listening to your story, I, I feel a, a little emotional, but I see so much redemption, you know, with the driver. I see how he just redeems with you, with your dad, with your mom, with your little brother, with your beautiful son. When you looked yes. at your son and he was 11 yes. and you said, that's my seed. Yes. I was 11 years old and I was sitting, I remember exactly where I was sitting in my living room and he was 11. And I just had the presence of God come over me. And God reminded me, you were 11 <laughs> when you were pronounced, you know, going to be pronounced dead. Mm-hmm. But, but you were delivered and, and you were healed. And now your son is 11. <laughs> what it, your seed doesn't die. The promise God has given you doesn't die. It doesn't die, girls. His promises over your life don't die. It's just like Sherry said earlier, though. We've got to receive them. Yes. Right, Sherry? That's right. We've got to exercise them. We've got to exercise and believe them by faith. doesn't matter what we see yeah. with our eyes or what the circumstances tell us. God is bigger. Itty bitty devil. Great big God. Itty bitty devil. Great big God. I think that's the way to lead us into this declaration right there. So Sherry, you're going to say our declaration. Jesus girls, we're going to repeat after Sherry and will your lips open your mouth. Don't just think this, say it, say these words with intention. This is your line in the sand. This is you speaking life over yourself and that what God is doing in your life, no devil can take away from you in Jesus name. So Sherry, we're going to repeat after you. I declare what the enemy uses to try and destroy my life. I declare what the enemy uses to try and destroy my life. God is turning around and using it for my good. God is turning it around and using it for my good. I declare my circumstances do not have the final say over my life. I declare my circumstances do not have the final say over my life. And the good work God has begun in me, he will complete. (laughs) And the good work God has begun in me, he will complete. Amen. That is a great declaration. Whew. I love that. I love that. And Sherry, I think there's a book living on the inside of you, girl. I receive it. And she is writing a book, Jesus Girl. So stay tuned for that because I'm sure we're going to have Sherry South back on the show. And I'm sure not too far from now, we're going to be able to read about your story and looking forward to that. You know, Sherry, what does it mean to you to be a Jesus girl? 
It means that I am protected. Mm -hmm. I am covered. Yeah. There is nothing anyone can do to me that will ever harm me because Jesus is mine. Jesus is mine. You know what I mean? He's mine. He's your, yeah. He's mine. Yeah. And I am his. And I am his. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. Well, whew, I have loved this show. I think we could go on and on and on. But every, I, I, before we, before we do head out, I did promise to share a couple of really cool stretches with you to relieve tension in your upper back and encourage good posture. Do you ever get any tension in your upper back, Sherry? Oh, yes. Yeah, the, tension loves to kind of live right between those blades, doesn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, so let's practice this again. Oh, whoops, whoops. Sometimes we drop a microphone, but that's okay. We can always pick it back up. But here's, this is really an easy stretch. So what I want you to do is just give yourself a great big hug. So put, cross your arms in front, put your hands on each shoulder, tuck your chin towards your chest and pull down on those shoulders. Can you feel that stretch? Is that yum? I love it. It's a super yum. And what that does is sort of starts drawing your shoulder blades apart and you're able to stretch right between those blades, those shoulder blades. Now, how do we want to counterbalance that so that that encourages good posture? So let's unfold out of that hug that we give ourselves. Open your arms up wide like you are on the Titanic and you're saying, I'm the queen or the king of the world. That's what I'm talking about right now. Reach beyond your fingertips, reach through your heels, feel that stretch across your chest across your shoulders and down your arms. Doesn't that feel good? And I'm looking at Sherry right now and she's got her breastbone looking up to the sky. She is the queen (laughs) of this Titanic, let me just tell you. And so if you just do that, a couple times a day. Doesn't it feel good? So good. So yeah, good. so then you're bringing, you're stretching out, and then you're stretching the back of the body, then you're stretching the front of the body. Encourages good posture, and it gets some tension out of your body. So girls, do that stretch. It's a good one. And you know, I love that every time we get together, we're looking for new ways to find our roar, that roar that Jesus has put inside of us that tells us that we're overcomers. Right, Sherry? We're overcomers. And today, our roar is about how whenever the enemy comes to destroy our lives, we declare he's a liar. Yes and that he has no authority over us and that we have authority over him and that whatever God work, good work that God has begun in us, he's going to complete it. it. Yes, he will. He is going to complete it. Jesus girls, we want to pray for you because prayer is powerful and prayer works, right? Sherry, we want to pray for you. So if you have a prayer request, please send it to prayer at jesusgirlroar.com prayer at jesusgirlroar.com and we've got some powerful intercessors who want to come into agreement with you on what God is doing in your life and we'll even send you back an encouraging word to let you know that we have prayed for you because we want you to know that you're being covered. You can find us at Jesus Girl Roar on Facebook, uh, YouTube, iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you like to enjoy your podcast. 
And Jesus girls, we love you. Jesus is crazy about you. And we can't wait to be with you next time on Jesus Girl Roar. Roar.